Welcome back to another episode of the Huxley Morton podcast, the show where each week we speak to pharma company owners and industry leaders sharing their stories of personal and professional growth. This week I am joined by a duo. Uh, we have Edward Alano and Murph McKeon uh, from Arrow DX. Um, I'm also joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Adam Walker. Uh, Happy New Year to you, Adam. Uh, Good to see you, James. Welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Perfect. Well, look, um, Edward um, and Murph, um, look, I've given you a very brief introduction and highlighted that the company name there. Um, but it would be great to, to kick us off with, I guess, a little bit of an introduction in your own words as to who you both are, um, what Arrow DX is all about, and give us a quick insight as to, to what you guys are doing and trying to achieve. Great, great. Hey, thanks, James, for the opportunity. Thanks, Adam. Uh, so I, I'm Edward. I am the co-founder and CEO of Arrow Diagnostics. I grew up in San Diego, California, did my undergraduate at University of California at San Diego, then did graduate work in physical chemistry at the University of Texas, Austin, Texas. And after UT Austin, I worked in several um, industries. I worked in the uh, research industry, did some work at Lawrence Livermore Lab in chemistry, and then most recently, I worked at UCLA as a program manager for computational biology for almost a decade, nine and a half years. So uh, while I was in grad school, I had the itching to get an MBA, which I never did, but I took a few business classes and you know, it was something that I wanted to do when I was younger and I didn't do it. And then I ran into some friends from graduate school back when I was living in LA and uh, we decided to do it right? Uh, over coffee and a couple of beers about three and a half years ago, decided let's just do it. Had no idea what I got myself into. And uh, fast forward four years later, we have a company. Now, uh, it was very hard to start. And I had some good mentors along the way. And also I worked with the American Chemical Society to get my company off the ground. But that's briefly who I am. But look, it's amazing what can be dreamt up over a few beers and how that can escalate at times. Um, I think Certainly some of my beer escapades have not necessarily always resulted in um, you know, me starting a company in the, in the sense that, that you have, uh, probably less productive uh, than that, should I say. Um, but we'll, we'll jump into yeah, what, you, what you're doing at uh, Arrow DX uh, in a bit more detail uh, shortly. But Murph, what's, what, what's your involvement with um, the company as well, if you can give us a quick overview? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been in the life science industry for 20 plus years all on the, the finance side. Um, spent a good deal of time at large public company, um, you know, running their, their finance operation for uh, one of the business units. Um, I decided to take my career and sort of flip it on its head and start working with uh, small uh, startup companies, early stage companies to help them mm -hmm. build out the, the finance and, and accounting organizations. Um, I met Edward whew, about a year ago um, at a networking wow. event here in Boston. Um, got interested in his technology and sort of the, the wide range and sort of uh, broad use of, of the platform. Um, and same thing, we had a couple of cups of coffee to learn more about each other and sort of the product and the, and the market. And, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, you know, what I like to do, and albeit it's on the finance side, but you know, I like to deliver products that help you know improve patients' lives and and give them a better better quality of life. So you know, Edward mm -hmm. had, had a pretty good technology. It looks like we'll be able to to help some folks along the way. And you know, over the past year, we've been trying to raise some money for for the company. So 
Fantastic stuff. Well, we'll get into the, the platform uh, and the all the data and, and side of things, and I'm, I'm sure that Adam can pitch in on, on that um, area because that is his area of expertise as a uh, biometrics sort of subject matter uh, expert. But look, when I first came ac across um, the company, I saw revolutionising diagnostics through AI and nanotechnology to, to enhance detection. Now, I guess to an everyday person that may not mean too much but give us i guess you know what's what's going on behind the scenes there what's the what's the the, the vision for the business what what is it you are looking to achieve on a on a daily basis i guess because you know any anyone running a business you know is normally so headstrong on what they're looking to achieve uh, mm. it's so busy so it'd be interesting to uh, understand what your day-to-day -day lives look like and, and what's going on with the business Great, great. Well, well, James, we are a startup company. So in, in a nutshell, what we do is we enhance detection for a variety of applications. You know, I firmly believe, and so does the rest of my team, that there has to be inexpensive diagnostics, inexpensive way of testing for diseases, for pollution and water. You know, mm -hmm. this pandemic has shown us, especially right now with this Omicron variant, that testing is extremely important. It has to be accessible, accurate, and inexpensive. You know, um, and so we what we want to do is we want to deliver that type of diagnostics to any part of the world. That's our, our long term goal. And, and, and it delivered in a very inexpensive fashion and something that's accurate. Now, we don't want to replace other diagnostic tests. We want to complement them. Right. So that a physician, a patient can say, hey, I tested myself along, along these three platforms and the results is, are, are identical. Right. And so our day-to-day -day right now is we're trying to close um, funding round. You know, we're, um, we're based out of the Boston area, working with mentors, accelerators, and hoping to close that round before the end of February. Uh, most recently, uh, to our company's scientific advisory board, we added Dr. Sanjeev Chopra. He's a doctor at Harvard Medical School, a world-renowned physician, has joined our team. He has an expertise in NAFLD and NASH. So, Right now, so it's a fundraising uh, run, marathon is to say, trying to close the round, trying to get established in a new lab in the Boston area. We're looking to get established in Lowell, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, and hopefully trying to recruit a few more interns to the company and get and get more, more work done, right? But it's, right now it's a funding raise, trying to get the attention out there, people to know what we're, what we're about and, and what our final vision is, right? Inexpensive diagnostics. Oh, and the, and the, the focus, as, as you mentioned there, is uh, NAFOLD and, and, and NASH uh, in terms of the, what you're, you're looking to detect. Correct, correct. So, uh, you know, when we first started the company, uh, we had a general, we have a general platform, a general platform that can pivot to multiple business verticals, whether it's a medical vertical or environmental vertical. And um, I, I, I went through some training at, at an accelerator by the American Chemical Society where I met some folks in the Boston area. You know, I, I grew up in California for the most part. Um, and I met some physicians, uh, phys physicians at Harvard Medical School, Boston Medical Center. And we came across NAFLD and NASH, right? And, and, and you know, it's a disease that number one is very challenging to detect in the earliest stages, not caused by alcohol consumption. It's basically fatty accumulation in your liver, right? And so our goal is to work with those doctors that have challenges every day. Now, we talked to a few, a few clinicians, uh, and they told us that, you know, if a patient has elevated liver enzymes, you know, you get your blood work done, 
it doesn't tell the, the doctor that much. Now, maybe you have an issue with your liver, maybe you don't. Usually you do, but usually the um, recommendation is more blood work, more urine work, or, or if the patient's overweight or diabetic, get the patient on a, on a diet. The problem is that although that may work initially, uh, say two or three years down the line, you're no longer early stage. Once your liver gets stiff, uh, you're heading into cirrhosis and some very crazy things like liver cancer, right? Mm -hmm. So physicians would want a tool that they could help differentiate what patients they need, they need more testing. Now, a liver biopsy is, is the gold standard, but uh, liver biopsy is invasive. You know, they, it, there's a chance that you might get an infection, 5% chance. And also liver biopsy, when they remove part of your liver, it works well if, if your liver is stiff. Same with the ultrasound, right? I mean, ultrasound is a great, a great 3D image of your liver, but if, if, if you're in the earliest stages, it's very hard to tell, right? And once your uh -huh. liver is hard, then definitely you, you have the disease, but then you're no longer early stage. So the challenge right now is early detection. And also these physicians are working on coming up with biomarkers that indicate that the patient is in the earliest stages. So our job, you know, we're not we're not a, we're not a biomarker could discovery. You, could company. you give me a, an, an overview of what these biomarkers would be? What sort of what sort of things are we are we talking about here? So, so these biomarkers would be in your blood. Uh, they could be microRNAs, very very small uh, proteins, uh, things that the physicians have identified through clinical trials in their research that are signatures of the disease, right? And so obviously a liver biopsy is not gonna, not gonna catch that. You, know, you, want, you want to have a, an analytical test, a, a blood chemistry test that could catch that, right? And that's where we come in. We come in with our technology to work with these doctors that have isolated these biomarkers and mm -hmm. we, we detect them, right? And the ultimate dream, the ultimate goal after going through commercialization, after going through FDA approval would be to have a tool where my physician can say, Edward, I'm gonna run the arrow test on you just to double check that you know you you do or do not have early stage NASH. Wow. And so obviously the arrow test would work. And then my, my physician could say, Edward, I'm 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 sending you to an, uh, a specialist, right? Because right now doctors are are kind of dumbfounded sometimes because should I send my patient to a specialist? Should I send my patient for a liver biopsy? You know, it, 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 they want more definitive information to make that decision in the early stages. Amazing. It, it sounds it sounds like there's a very broad brush that's being applied at the moment, and you're going in for specifics there, Edward. What you've described, you know, Correct. there there are many many routes into identifying Nash by the sounds of it, and and as I think, well, as I said to you, you know, before we came on onto the onto the pod. I was actually diagnosed with this a couple of years ago and this was through my GP and I had some bloods done and they advised me to just change my diet and I haven't drunk alcohol for two years so and I and I had a very low alcohol intake so I was that classic person that you're describing I definitely needed to lose some weight and there were some lifestyle indicators there but what's interesting from what you're describing is that there is there are there are some specific diagnostics that can be performed relatively cheaply that can give you a very good indicator and hopefully prevent that exacerbation and uh, prolongation of the challenge. Correct, correct. And so, you know, um, this this is a space that's 
taking off. You know, I know that COVID has is, is a lot of attention on COVID, but this space is also taking off as well. And physicians, pharmaceutical companies, Intercept Pharmaceuticals, a lot of the pharmaceutical companies around the country, United States, worldwide, are working on therapies for NASH. So at some point in the next year or two, um, a, a companion diagnostic or a diagnostic will be needed, right? And so, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, that a lot of folks have this disease, but, you know, let, let's try to catch it early. You know, you know, anything that's caught early works out well, right? And but so we but I, think, I, I think also the other, the other interesting thing for, for anyone listening to this is that there aren't necessarily any particular early indicators to an individual, are there? They're, they're just lifestyle factors that compound one another and ultimately can create all sorts of complications. Correct, correct. You know, and also you, you said it right, right on, right on the dot, Adam. I mean, if you're diabetic, o overweight, hypertension, then that, that propensity is going to increase significantly that you're going to advance to the later stages very quickly. Well, I didn't know that there was so many variables on something like this. Um, and I guess it's kind of drawing me to yeah, where perhaps the, the company name now came from, because I, I have in mind kind of what, where it may have been. But um, where, the, so you, you guys, it was 20, 2017, wasn't it, that you, you started Edward? Um, correct, correct. You know, yourself. like I said again, where, it what, was... Where, if we take you back to that time, look, did you always want to go down this route? And where did where did the the, the, the idea or the name of the company come from? What, what was what was going through your head kind of in those early days when you decided, look, we're going to do this, whether it was over the couple of beers or however it came about? Um, and where did where did the name come from? I'm very much so, interested um, in that. You know, I, I had just been, uh, I had just applied to the American Chemical Society Accelerator they had um, and met, met a great person there um, at the Accelerator. And, you know, I, I was watching a TV show at the time weekly. Uh, it, it was a TV show on the network called CW here um, in the United States called Arrow. And so to me, Arrow helped help me think about the name of the company because, you know, we, Arrow Diagnostics, we, we've, we focus on the right target, uh, the target that we want to detect, right? Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's like, you give us a target, we aim for it, and we, and we, and we, and we, and we uh, take it down, we shoot it for you, we, we, we catch it for you, right? And so that, that vision came through my mind and mm -hmm. I ran it through my legal counsel, I, you know, got, got, got the company incorporated, all those, all those little details you have to do. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 we and we started the company, right? And but the vision was, you know, I had been watching the show a lot. I saw arrows on the show, you know. I, I knew that for us, you know, if you if you're a customer and you and you say, hey, Edward, I have these these biomarkers I want you to detect, you know, we'll we'll, we'll aim our arrows and detect them for you. Right? I thought it would be something along those lines. I was thinking kind of straight as an arrow, pinpointing things, hitting the target because. When talking, just listening to yourself and Adam there, talking about this whole array of where things can come from, just that hitting the target bit was what was standing out for me. So I'm, I'm pleased with my guess. And yeah, it's good to, to know where that, that came from. Um, and look, what, what did the business look back like back then? Um, was it yourself and just a couple of partners? Obviously, you've, you've since roped in Murph as, as um, your finance guy, et cetera, and, um, oh. just over a year ago. Um, what did it look like? And, and now talk me through how, yeah, things have gone since, since from 2017 up to, to where we are. So, you know, involving Murph and getting him on board, et cetera. 
so back then we were an idea on paper. So I had a, I had applied to an accelerator at the American Chemical Society. We were admitted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I had no idea about incorporation. I, I didn't know anything about business really. Wow. So once I got some of the bolts and uh, in, in paperwork started, um, I rented lab space at night to get some proof of concept work done. Mm-hmm. And because I had a day job and a family, you know, it was very, very challenging. You know, it took me a long time to get the work done. You know, I would, I would come home from work at five or six in the evening, have dinner, and then go to work in the lab till two or three in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Well, and there, was, there was me and Adam thinking this extracurricular activity doing the pod was um, take, takes up time, Adam. That, that's some input, right? That's commitment. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and uh, actually, labs you know, are the greatest I, place I to be. Lucky, I was very lucky to have a family that was understanding for the most part, but it was very challenging and it took a long, long time. Um, much longer than had I, had, I, had I just done it full time, right? Um, and then once we had some proof of concept data, uh, we just, we, I met some other folks through the accelerator. I met Robert Bazelli, who's part of my advisory board. He's based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And when we first started the company, we we're focused on environmental diagnostics. You know, we were we were looking at detecting metals in water, and that's still one of our business verticals. Uh, and so we started working with with uh, in, uh, people in the Pittsburgh area. So by then, I had made made up my mind and I wanted to leave San Diego, and I did leave San Diego eventually to move to the East Coast. And so we were pitching to to partners in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And while we were pitching to partners in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, we noticed some things. The water space is a great space to be in, but we kept getting the the feedback that we had to look at biomedical applications, right? That that's where we could get more traction, more investors, more partners. And so I went back to the drawing board again. You know, I, I told my partners and my, and my folks, and I said, you know what, I'm going to have to go back into the lab and try to get some work done. So um, I met, I had some great uh, scientific advisors at the time, and I went back into the lab and started, started to work to detect proteins and enzymes. So once again, I would do this uh, outside of work, and we got some more data, and then we went back to start pitching the folks. And by, by now, by now we're looking at 2019, right? So this, this is taking much longer because, you know, I had, I, I had a full-time job and I was doing this just on the side. You know, I, I, it's, it's very challenging to leave your job when you have a family, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, we, were ready, we were ready to start pitching. We, we got a lot of attention. Uh, we're working, working with the M2D2 Accelerator in, in, in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, Dr. David Cohen from Harvard Medical School joined my scientific advisory board, you know, and then I recruited uh, Murph, and we, we, we had a lot of traction, and then something came out of the blue that hit us, COVID-19. Everything, everything, everything came to a halt, you know, back in March 2020. Uh, we, I had like six uh, meetings lined up at the end of March. Uh, five of them were canceled. Wow. Right? So I'd say that the first six months of COVID, everything was just came to a halt and it was i mean until people got used to zoom and and those type of meetings it took a while for it to get to get started again uh the last few months have been great in the sense that things are picking up very quickly again and right now we're trying to close that round of money we have some interested investors on board but they're looking for matches to their funds we're trying to close the the money in the next 30 days uh, to get back into the lab in our new lab in Lowell. And, and, you know, that's pretty much, I summarize everything. I'd say COVID-19, you know, slowed us down significantly. Yeah. yeah. 
Just, I mean, before we come on to the COVID bit and kind of um, bringing Murph on, etc., mm. I'm just thinking back to this extra curricular activity that you were doing and kind of <laughs> moonlighting with, you know, on, on in addition to your day job, which sounds like you were putting in a massive input. And I've often, you know, got friends who sometimes want to, you know, try doing what, what we do as a, as a business and recruiting. And, you know, I offer them, they want to do a bit of freelance work and it would be outside of their regular hours. But very few people can actually do that because, you know, just daily life and daily grind is just tough enough, right? So I'm just thinking, what what is it, Edward, that has kind of given you that level of, not necessarily just motivation, but level of persistence um to to actually go out and do that because there's so few normally when we speak to other entrepreneurs on the show adam it's a case of they've decided that the day job isn't for them and they've just kicked it and then gone all in whereas this is a, a completely different story isn't it where you've said look i want to do it but actually I've, i still value the family life and i can't mm-hmm. give up on that so you know what i'm actually going to do both um so yeah, what what is it? I guess inside you that allows you to push that because there's so few people that could perhaps do it. So first off, I enjoy science. You know, um, you know, um, you know. Many, many times, I wish I could go back to being a student again. You know, there was something about taking classes and learning new things for the first time. And even you know, I remember taking courses where I would I wouldn't do well on the test. Yeah, that was disappointing. But once I figured out how how to solve those problems, it just it was like a rush, an adrenaline rush, right? So number one, I enjoy what I do. I always have, always will till the day I die. Number two, I'm the type of person that once I start a project, I'll see it through to the end, mm-hmm. uh, succeed or fail, right? Um, I don't like leaving projects undone because someday when I'm 90 years old and you know, getting ready to you know, you know, leave, uh, I want to leave with no regrets, right? You know, I did it. It didn't work out. It worked out, but at least I did it, right? So uh, you know, if you were to ask my parents, uh, they said, yeah, Edward's always been that way. You know, when I played soccer, maybe at the beginning, I wasn't the best player, but you know, I, hung, I, hung, I hung in there, right? And, you know, a year later, I was one of the best players on the team, right? Because wow. I put in the time, right? Do, do you think that any of this has, has come from your, I guess, your upbringing, your parents, or was there any particular mentors or people that you looked up to back then that kind of gave you this drive and determination? Because... You know, I think in many ways, I'm a little bit similar. If I if I do something, I want to do it well, whether it was, you know, soccer, whether it was boxing, whatever it always was. It was typically sports for me. Sometimes I sucked at them, but then that would grate on me so much that I'd have to practice. And, you know, because I just, I wanted to be the best at everything and I would just go away and do the work for it. Uh, and I don't really know where that, that came for, uh, for, for, for me. But is there anyone that you kind of looked up to at the time that kind of... Mm-hmm pulled you through and gave you that mentality? Um, well, I think it's def- there's several factors. One is my upbringing. You know, I, my parents um, immigrated from Peru to San Diego in the late 70s. You know, they, you know, we, we lived the, um, the American dream, so to speak, right? Uh, mm. Upper middle class in the in suburbs of San Diego. Um, they worked two or three jobs at the very beginning. And, you know, uh, second is um, when, I, when I wanted to become an entrepreneur after taking those business classes, I, I talked to a few people that had started companies, not necessarily bio companies. And they told me, hey, Edward's a lot of work, man. You know, you know, you know, I there's one individual that I remember, I don't remember his name now, because he he was a guest lecturer. 
he had pitched to over 500 investors until he finally got one that would win the first check. Holy shit. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I met a mentor uh, three and a half years ago, four years ago, Robert Bazzelli from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Bob Bazzelli, you know, he has a background in banking, BNY Mellon, all those things. But Bob uh, was a great guy in the sense that, you know, um, he, he was my mentor. He had said he was like a coach, right? And he's still my coach. You know, he'll, he'll tell me when I do things wrong. He'll tell me when I do things right. And then he'll give me advice and say, come on, man, you can still do it. Don't, don't give up on me, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like, uh, there's that movie. Um, I can't, can't remember the name, but uh, it's a football movie with some high school kids. And the player has to carry a, a, a player on his back across the field. Uh, I've seen that one. There's a lot of clips on YouTube yeah. of it, of the, the highlight yeah. of, of that. Yeah. So Bob, to me, has been that type of coach where, I'll be honest with you, there, there, are some, there, there have been some days when you know, I'm like, am I, am I doing the right thing? Mm. Uh, but, you know, I have to have mentors. You know, you know, Murph, my newest mentor, he's also very positive. Uh, Murph understands that it's tough. You know, this is not an easy journey to be on. And if, if I were to tell my younger self, I'd say, Patience is definitely needed. You know, I wasn't very patient as a teenager or as a college student, but now that I'm older, I'm much more patient. So on that, I guess, look, Murph, it was just over a year ago that Edward has roped you in for the ride on this one. And um, look, what, what were you doing at, at the time? How did you meet? Because I guess that would have been fairly you know high covid levels at the time so how did you yeah. you two meet i know look me, me and adam we met via via zoom i actually reached out to him on linkedin and he was one of my first ever guests on the show and now mm -hmm. i've met him and his wife in person and we, we host the show together every single week but um how did how did it come about that you two um managed to hook up for, for business yeah, it was, for me, I was in an interesting spot with my career. You know, like I mentioned, I started working with startup companies and I sort of lived the life of, of two companies. Um, one, I helped raise, you know, quite a bit of, of funding. And unfortunately, we got to a point where no was an option with the technology and had to unwind the company. Um, the other company was in the breast cancer space and we were able to get through the FDA uh, approval process, get some traction in the market and sold the company to Hologic. Um, so it was sort of coming off of those two uh, consulting, you know, assignments that I had, um, you know, I, I sort of met Edward at, at the tail end of it, just after we uh, had the sale to Hologic. Um, so again, looking for another, you know, sort of fun and, and wild ride with the, with the startup companies. Um, and Edward seemed to be in that, that sort of sweet spot of, um, you know, he had some data and, and some, you know, bit of technology in place, but needed that next round of funding to really take it to, to the next level. Um, and that's sort of what I've been doing for the last, you know, four or five years. So, um, you know, like I said, I liked his technology, you know, the, the ramen technology has been around for a while, people, you know, understand it. So it's not like you have to, you know, have that as the, as the proving ground. I think it's really convincing them that, you know, finding the biomarkers and, and being as accurate as possible is, is you know, the, the challenge. And I think, you know, the way he's approached it is, is feasible. Um, so for me, it was, it was another opportunity to, again, get into a company that, that's early on and, and go through the, uh, the fundraising process. And like Edward said to his younger self, you know, you need patience. Have to knock on a lot of doors, have a you know a thick skin, 
you know, no is, is an answer you're going to hear often. And that's okay. That that's part of the journey. You want to make sure you find the, the right partners. And that's mm-hmm. what I've been trying to do for the, the past year is not just take any sort of check, but make sure it's the, it's the right opportunity for Arrow. Cool. And look, with that, um, Edward's already covered that COVID certainly has, has slowed things down. But how are things how are things looking now? You know, with the you know trying to secure funding, etc. Staff numbers. Are you back to, to offices? How many are, um, of you are there now? Give us paint a picture of kind of how things look at Arrow DX um, sort of as it stands today. Well, uh, things are much better than they were six months ago. You know, um, we're still working virtually. You know, I started flying just recently. You know, I hadn't been on a plane for almost two years. I was on the plane just over the break. Uh, so uh, right now, uh, I'd say that we're, we're close to closing that round, you know, and um, I'm, I'm making a pitch to anybody out there that's an investor. They would love to hear more about our story, more about our company. They're welcome to contact me. But the goal is to close the round. You know, we also have we have also applied to a few competitions. So everything looks very positive. Um, but all our efforts are being are closing the funding, and in getting more more work done. You know, I think this I'm positive that 2022 is going to be a very good year for us. You know, we have great partners. Uh, I just told you, Dr. Sanjeev Chopra joined our advisory board uh, about a month ago. So we've got some great folks from Harvard, great folks from Boston, um, great folks from Pittsburgh. Um, we just need to get that final uh, round, fun, uh, final round of closing for the funding. So, yeah. are, are you yeah. finding are you finding the challenge? The challenge is that there are many many companies, similar companies, not necessarily doing the same thing that you are, but there are many many companies right now in and around life sciences that are seeking funding because, of course, over the last eighteen months, two years, we've seen enormous investment into this field, and every time you open a newspaper, you go online. There's a new startup company. There's sure. a new biotech. I'm just curious. What's so, been your experience? We're, we're noticing a lot of funding out there, uh, but it's going to the therapeutic side. Uh, we're on a diagnostic side, so it's a little bit different. Right, Murph? Maybe you can add a little bit to that. Yeah, it's it's sort of that that sort of spin. Um, you know, the same. My previous life, I was in the the medical device space. Um, yeah. You know, the pharma, biotech, um, therapeutic. There's a tremendous amount of money out there for diagnostic medical device. Um, it's not quite as rich, still a lot of money out there, but um, it seems like it's you need to bang on a few more doors on on those two segments versus you know sort of the, the therapeutic side. Um, you know, having said that, you know we explored you know all types of opportunities, you know both dilutive and, and non-dilutive. You know, looking at grants and you know accelerated money. Um, crowdfunding, um, angel funds, individual, you know, net yep. wealth, you know, uh, folks. So um, I think, like Edward said, the, the last few months has been pretty positive for us. We have a few folks that are interested. I think what we find is when people understand the science, they get it. Yeah. If they don't understand the science, especially if you're going after some high net wealth individuals, like if they don't have a science background, it's kind of hard for them to to truly understand and say, okay, that's that's where I want to put my money. But I think recently we found the the right partners who who understand what you know the wrong technology is and what we're trying to go after. So, you know, and, and dare I dare I also ask, you know, COVID COVID must have overlaid another filter on that as well with respect to everyone's in COVID right now. 
I mean, you know, is everyone looking for a COVID diagnostic treatment as opposed to anything else? Or looking to invest into COVID as being the next big thing or the now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely had questions about whether we could pivot the technology to take a look at COVID. That was my and, question. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's one thing that we can do uh, for sure. Um, it's, it's one of those things as a startup company, you can't be everything to everyone. So, no. you know, how, how much can you really pivot and, and not distract yourself? Um, we did explore it a little bit, even the, the town I live in, you know, Westford, Massachusetts, you know, they agreed to be a, uh, a donor of wastewater from some of the complexes here for us to use if we wanted to test for, uh, for COVID or, or not. So, so I think there's opportunities for us to do it. It's just whether will that, you know, really dilute our daily focus on, on trying to focus on that, that first goal of NAFLD and, and NASH. It's it, it sometimes as 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 we've dis discussed many times, James. Sometimes it's about knowing what your focus is, and it's what knowing what your focus isn't, isn't it? Right. And mm -hmm. and and back to your name, you know, the the laser focus and the arrow should be on what you're aiming for rather than what you're not, because the broader you go, the less focus you have around you know where you're directing yourself. Right. It's right. what we see and hear all the time, isn't it, James? Mm -hmm. I think so. And I, you know, you know me, Adam. I'm a massive fan of just sticking to your gun so i'm almost pleased edward and Murph, that you didn't say oh yes yeah we we're going to be doing this and we're going to be going after you know, covid diagnostics etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm glad that you were like well we could do but actually we kind of know what we're good at because that's that's what i believe is you know one of the you know keys to success in business is, is sticking to where your core competence is so um, look, I'm pleased to hear that. Um, and look, give us a, a quick overview um, of your plans for the, the future um, in this space um, and plans for, for, you, for, for both of you, both individually and um, Arrow DX as we head on into 2022. What are you envisioning? Is, is there any predictions that you've got for the market in general, for you as a business? If you can give us an insight into that, that would be amazing. Sure, sure. So, you know, as Murph was saying, we're confident we're going to be closing this round shortly. Um, the goal is to get more complete the validation with the biomarkers from our collaborators at Harvard and BMC, and then uh, start going through the regulatory process that we need to go to. Um, that'll probably carry us, carry us through the rest of 2022. Um, you know, we have some grant funding that's pending, uh, accelerator funding. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy year of R&D work. The, the fundraising never stops. Um, and also the marketing, well, you know, having people uh, be more aware of what we do. Um, you know, we have a lot of verticals to this applicate to our technology. And so maybe at, at the end of 22, after we've done more work on NAFL and NASH, we may start looking at another vertical. And the vertical that comes to mind is what people have approached, have asked us to do to look at viruses and bacteria. But the rest of the year is R&D work, fundraising, marketing, and regulatory application. Yeah, it's really sorting, getting through that final product, you know, what is Arrow truly going to deliver? Um, and then, you know, sort of increase the awareness um, of both Arrow as well as for, for Apple and, and Nash. Um, you know, hopefully we get to go to a couple conferences this year that, that can be in person <laughs> rather than, than the virtual ones. And, and I uh -huh. think, you know, just having those face-to-face -face conversations, um, it's just a lot easier to get your, your message out there. So, you know, at, fingers at this, crossed. At, at this point, that. that feels like pressing the flesh would be the most, the, the most viable 
um, avenue to, to seeking that funding, wouldn't it, by the sounds of it? Yeah, yeah. I think sitting across the table and having that that live conversation with someone, and, and you sort of see the body language and how excited they are. Mm. I think that comes across, you know, a lot better, you know, live than than via um, virtual. Cool. Well, I know that um, I'll be interested to see how that all pans out uh, for you both. I'll be keeping in touch, um, I guess, personally, and probably having other discussions down the line as you hopefully are, are continuing to to grow. Um, but look, I guess before we let you go, of course, we will hook you up with links to, to yourselves for any investors and anyone that wants to reach out with further questions, et cetera, um, on the show. But look, before we uh, let you go, we always finish up uh, the pod with a quick fire round of questions uh, for you both. So I don't know whether you want to pitch in with an answer each or uh, whether we flip one to, to Edward, one to Murph. But look, um, I'll kick us off um, and I'll, I'll direct it to you. Uh, Murph, because I guess Edward has already touched on this a little bit. Uh, but look, what is the number one piece of advice that you would give to your your younger self? Edward talked about having patience. What is the, the advice that you would give to your younger self? Uh, it would be don't be afraid to fail. All right, if you first don't succeed, get back on the horse and try it again. Um, you well, it know, sounds as though you've taken that and you're used to that now with your, your motto of, look, you're going to get a lot of those. You've got to keep going. So look, that's yep. proving in good stead right now, isn't it, Murph? So um, it is. solid yeah. advice to, to your younger self, I think. But I also think, you know, failure is where you learn, isn't it? You learn from your failures. You pick yourself up. You question to yourself what you've done and what you would do differently the next time. And, um, you know, if, if you've never failed, then you never succeeded. Yeah, Some of my right. biggest failures have been the transformative ones that have actually directed my decisions at a later point through personal and professional um, settings. So, yeah, I think it's a great answer, Murph, actually. Definitely. So um, if, if I direct this one then to you, to you, Edward, if, if you don't mind. Um, so our listeners like to hear what, what books are on your bedside table. What, what are you listening to on podcasts? Where do you get your inspiration from? Um. See, there's a book that I read back in high school that I, I look at from time to time, The Call of the Wild by Jack London. It's an old, old book, but, you know, Buck the dog, um, where he was like a half dog, half hybrid dog. Um, he, he, had to learn, he had to learn to survive. He had a pampered life at the beginning, and then he got thrown into some uh, traffickers and ended up um, living in Alaska, and he became wild. They learned how to survive. So I think it's, it's, it's survival, right? So it's always being practical and things that I've learned through that book. A movie that I watch from time to time is Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. I love it's that. A great, it's a great movie, That's right? So those cool. are the That's two. Fabulous film. I'm, I'm not, I'm, everyone says that. I'm not a fan, you know. I find it, 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 almost, came, up, it came up on Netflix on my <laughs> recommendation. I other find day. it almost too Again. frustrating. I'm just like, how many bad things can happen to this one guy? It's, it gets me and then you get, a couple of minutes of happiness right at the He's end. He's got resilience. Oh. That, I think I think the lesson is resilience, isn't it? It's right. pick yourself it up. It's it's go and go again. Correct, correct. And and, and you know, and, and that's pretty much. And then, in terms of podcasts and stuff like that, I, I you know I, I scan the news every morning. I scan several networks. I'm not going to say which ones. And then and then I come up with my own conclusion as to what is really happening in the world. <laughs> Good, <laughs> that's method. great advice. <laughs> cool well i'll move us on to, to the next um question I, I, i'll throw this out to, to both of you because like, you're now kind of in in business together you're going to be 
uh, hopefully securing that funding and, and growing teams um, in the not too distant future. So look, what are the top three qualities that you both value most when building um, a team, a business, etc.? Um, I guess the first one is resilience, mm -hmm. honesty, and passion. Okay, I like it. Murph, let's let's hear from you on that one as well, because I always like these ones. I'm, I'm a recruiter at the end of the day, aren't I? I can't help it. <laughs> um, for me, given finance, integrity is, is the biggest thing, right? You're going to be responsible for this money. So yeah. um, you want folks to come in that, that you can trust. And, and I think, especially with startups, you know, Yes, people are looking at the technology, but they really look at the management team. Do we trust the folks across the table with, with our money? So, so integrity would be one. Um, I would say sort of conviction or, or commitment. You have to be convicted in, in the product that you know, this is gonna help you know, improve a, a patient's life and make life better for them. And, and I think you know, that, that will drive you going forward. Um, and, and, and I think it, you know, the other one is probably uh, like like Edward said, just resilience, right? We, we want folks that, you know, a door is going to get shut in our face. That's okay. Let's learn from it. Let's pick ourselves up and, and move on. So that's, that's the life of startups, isn't it? You know, it, it, you, you've got to have that thick skin because yeah, yeah. you're going to get disappointed and it's going to happen a lot. Right, right. Yeah. Got to learn to smile regardless. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so Edward, you made reference earlier to um, enjoying what you would call soccer, what I would call football. Um, is that is that your your passion uh, along with your family outside of work? Is that what you, you like uh, to enjoy? Yeah, definitely soccer and American football. Um, the, the only the only problem is now that I'm older, if I fall down and have an injury, it's actually <laughs> traumatic. Now. It takes about three weeks to recover. Uh, or or I end up in, or I end up in the ER like I did uh, four years ago. I, I jumped for the ball and I don't think I broke anything, but I couldn't move. And so people got scared and we ended up in the ER. I had a sprain. <laughs> and, and you, Murph, what, what, what's your, what's your favorite, favorite things outside of working? I, I love being outside. Um, you know, right now I have three young boys. Um, so I'm heavily involved with, with their, their sports and their activities. I, I love coaching. Um, lacrosse has been sort of the, the common theme for my three boys. So um, I wish I had lacrosse growing up. I grew up part of a country where it didn't exist, but it's, mm. it's an awesome sport. And I'm just glad to be able to be out there and playing with them and learning Perfect. about it and enjoying the ride. So. An active bunch that we got on today, Adam, isn't it? Very sports, good. Sports, Very good. sports, love that. We're, absolutely. Well, we're, you're, you're amongst, you're amongst um, people with, with active interests ourselves. So yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm sat in my garden in, in, in the fresh air. When the doors are open so <laughs> as is james yes yeah. indeed not with the doors open because it's just been raining and it's freezing outside where i am but <laughs> look to finish us off um gents um look finally if you could let me know your number one golden rule for life and in business in general so a bit of a deep one here but if you can try and narrow it down to yeah your, your number one golden rule so ed we'll, we'll start with yourself uh, number one golden rule is to believe in myself. Um, you know, as Murph said, sometimes things don't work out the way you think you wanted it to work out. Mm -hmm. And when one door closes, another door, another door will open. Sometimes things happen for a reason. You know, many times I thought that I had failed, and yes, I did fail on on something. But 
that led me to a success, right? You know, um, destiny sometimes has a, a strange way of letting you know that you're on the right path. Cool, I like it. And Murph, yourself? I think the golden rule is to have fun. You, you have to enjoy what you're doing. Uh, you can't do something for a paycheck. Uh, that, that paycheck gets stale pretty, pretty quickly. And I think if you're enjoying and having fun what you're doing, I think those other qualities that I mentioned before, you know, the resiliency and the passion and commitment will, will come from, from there. So, and I like actually, that. That, that's a brilliant point. But also, I think it attracts like-minded people. This is what James and I find all the time when we're talking to various people on the pod. It's, it's exactly that point. You put out what you get back and you attract similarly um, incentivized and innovative and, and, and challenging individuals that you know, want to come along for the ride, don't you? This is clearly why you two have connected as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I, I think that's ride. particularly unique to hear as well, Murph. And I like to hear it from a finance guy, right? You know, that's coming from a finance guy who's saying, you know what? Actually, one of the, the keys and golden rules in life and in business is to have fun. So look, mm -hmm. I think that just debunks a lot of yeah stereotypes around finance uh, people at times. So look, Murph, you've you've yeah given a great insight there, and um, gents, it's been fantastic to have you on the show as i say that we'll get you linked up uh for anyone that wants to reach out to you um in terms of of that what's what's the best platforms to reach you where are you most active is it your website is it linkedin how how should we should um any of our listeners who want to hear more investors what's the best way to to get uh, <clears throat> the best way is via my personal email and via linkedin i think linkedin is probably the easiest way Mm -hmm. you know, anybody that messages messages us via LinkedIn, we usually respond within 24 hours. Fantastic stuff. Well, look, gents, thanks once again for being a part of the Huxley Morton. I'll let you both get off to enjoy your day, but um, been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank, Thank you, Adam. Thanks. Nice to meet everyone. Take care, guys. Thank you.